0: I started out, again, this was late 80s. And if you remember Southern California, late 80s, and I kind of grew up, the people I was surrounded with, the whole kind of wearing the L.A. Kings Mm -hmm. Raiders gear, black and silver. I grew up with Mm -hmm. a certain crowd, and that's what I wore all the time. And then here I... So you were one of those. I was one of those. And and it was looking back uh, on this adventure it was the right thing for my mom to do was to get us out of a certain yeah. area mm-hmm. and move to Southeast yeah. Missouri, which, yeah. So I show up the first day of junior high and I come walking oh, into class in my LA Kings gear, but it was yeah. more because that was the style of music. I was NWA, the West East Coast, Europe. everything. Yeah. And I, yeah. I stuck out like a sore thumb. Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, yeah. So yeah, all that What stuff. was your culture shift from California to Tennessee
1: yeah so uh my I'm actually like you saw in the bio I'm first generation American so my parents are from Mexico
0: one of the themes that you're going to hear in the podcast today is the idea behind having a story Emma walks us through a few tips on having a successful Channel on YouTube and what you need to do with your content, and she talks about creating a story. And today, with the podcast, we get to hear a little bit about Emma's story. Emma is from Sonny's Place, and she and I sat down. We're both from Missouri, we're both from California. You guys are going to get to hear this story about how it was literally. A couple hours before I was going to sit down with her for the podcast, I even found out that I put two and two together that we were both from California. So it was fun to kind of compare some stories about moving out to the Midwest. We're also going to talk about her homestead area, life with the ducks and the chickens and everything that she does there. We're going to talk about YouTube tips. She's a big YouTuber. So sit back, enjoy the next podcast episode with Emma. Sony Sports. I had to represent this morning, so. Oh, cluck! No, I love that mug. <laughs> Couple things I wanted to start with at the beginning, and I just noticed when I was looking at your bio that you yeah, I... have from where you you're you're where are you at now? You're in Missouri. Yeah, yeah. Prior to that, you were in Tennessee, and then what caught my eye. <laughs> Was that you were, yeah. you started in California.
1: Yeah, born and raised, SoCal girl. Yeah.
0: What area? Because that's where I grew up. And
1: no way. this is going to freak
0: me out because I was like, this is what I was kind of oh, really geez. excited to talk to you about.
1: Oh, okay. Are you from SoCal?
0: I'm from Southern California, uh, raised there as a youth until my mom moved back to Southeast Missouri with me and my brother. Uh, late 80s, early 90s, but I grew up in oh wow a place called Baldwin Park next to West yeah, Covina. Yeah, i
1: it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I grew up in Santa Ana, California, uh, and my parents moved to Mission Viejo when I was uh, late in high school, and I went to college in Tennessee. Uh, I married that guy from the boot heel of Missouri, so... You said southeast. I was like, okay.
0: The connection between when people find out that I started in California and they're like, and you moved to Missouri.
1: Mm -hmm. So your story is why? That's the question, right? It's always the why. Why
0: But you have you're you're kind of one up on me because not only did you start out in California, but you found somebody from the boot heel of Missouri.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, and I ended up in Tennessee in the first place because, uh, you know, Southern California, softball is kind of a big sport. And um, so I ended up getting a scholarship to play softball in Tennessee. That's where I met my husband.
0: So you're a softball player then, huh?
1: Yeah, Oh, I was. Yeah, not anymore.
0: <laughs> and that was from, yeah. so you you got the scholarship to which, which school?
1: Uh, I went to Union University in Jackson, Tennessee.
0: And what was going from California to Tennessee though, that's even another.
1: Yeah, that was a culture shock. Culture big shock.
0: Because mm-hmm. just to let yep. you know how I started out again, this was late eighties. And if you remember Southern California, late eighties, and I kind of grew up the people I was surrounded with the whole kind of wearing the LA Kings
1: Mm -hmm. Raiders gear, black
0: and silver. I grew up with Mm -hmm. a certain crowd. And that's what I wore all the time. And then here I... So
1: you were one of those. I was one of those.
0: And and it was looking back mm -hmm. on this adventure. It was the right thing for my mom to do was to get us out of a certain area Mm -hmm. and move to Southeast Missouri, which, yeah. So I show up the first day of junior high and I come walking oh, into class in my L.A. Kings gear, and I was yeah. kind of a hockey fan, but it was and more man. because that was the style of music. I was N.W.A., the West Institute. Coast everything, yeah. and I, yeah. I stuck out like a sore thumb.
1: Ice Cube, Doctor Dre, yeah, so yeah, all that what good stuff. What was
0: your culture shift from California to Tennessee?
1: Yeah, so uh, my I'm actually like you saw in the bio, I'm first generation American. So my parents are from Mexico, and um, in fact, they didn't become U.S. citizens till maybe ten years ago. Uh, so, um, but they uh, came to the U.S. in the '70s. My sister and I were born here, and so we grew up in that culture. Actually, English is my second language. So I it's I spoke only Spanish as a little kid. And, uh, so I grew up in that kind of in, in Bonner, basically. And so like kind of a similar story, except that my dad was actually like a hood And I mean, he calls, he calls himself that cause he was kind of that guy yeah. too. And, um, he didn't want that for his kids. And so, um, our outlet was, uh, school sure. and sports. And so, um, that's where we spent our time and, you know, that was, was gonna it was going to keep us distracted from doing all the all the other stuff that everybody else is doing wow
0: we might have to have a whole nother podcast then on just our time (laughs) growing up in california so were you initially kind of scared then going to tennessee because that's it's completely different it's a whole nother country tennessee from where we grew up
1: it's funny to say like unless you you've done it like you don't understand what that really means and you're you're right it is a whole different country a whole different like culture and um you know growing up uh in a hispanic family like we grow up in that culture even though we're in the u.s right the community that we're in the people that are the friends that we make or the families that we're friends with they're all hispanic yeah. and so this is our life and you know constantly speaking Spanish or eating our food and then I go um and the crazy thing so my sister is actually two years older than me and so every time that I started school a new school she was always already there kind of set the foundation for things so it wasn't like as intimidating so like elementary school she was already there at at the same school middle school same thing high school same thing college no (laughs) And so um, this was going to be the first time that I, like, left home to go do something without somebody going before me. And not just that, I was going i am actually the first uh, person in my family on this side of the border that has graduated from college—or that graduated from college. I was the first one. Yeah. And so there's a lot of pressure, you know, from that, too. Oh, absolutely.
0: So. Well, do you feel like yeah. if it wasn't for softball, could you have made that switch from California to Tennessee? No. Because it, no. you mentioned your older sister kind of being the protective umbrella, maybe as you go yeah. through high school, because she yeah. was there a couple of years mm-hmm. ahead of you, and probably oh, yeah. a girl that kind of looked after her little sister a little bit, probably beat you up a little mm-hmm. also too, and gave you some trouble. She didn't. She didn't pick. She didn't beat me up, but she did pick on you. Pick on you. <laughs> but yeah i would mm-hmm. imagine going to tennessee then with you're you're with this softball team at college mm-hmm. that's kind of yeah. your new family to help kind of protect you anyway so you're not there just by yourself dropped in the middle of nowhere you at least still yeah, have totally. softball mm-hmm. teammates to kind of yeah. be your family
1: oh yeah for sure and they were um the crazy thing though is like I was literally the one that was that came in from really far away. Everybody was from that area or surrounding states. They weren't very far from home, so a lot of them actually would go home on the weekends if we weren't having practices or playing tournaments or whatever. They would go home on the weekends, and uh, actually got kind of annoying when like we had uh, long stints of like games and stuff, and they would complain about not being able to go home after like you know two or three weeks or whatever. And I was like whatever like I can't go home I couldn't even go home for um spring break you know I I was basically at school all year it's a long flight it's Christmas not like break. an
0: easy drive a couple no, two it's three not. hours it's
1: it's a two thousand mile trip yeah <laughs> four hour flight yeah
0: and did you yeah as far as like teammates when you first got there was it hard to kind of like, were most of your teammates from the Midwest or did they recruit from no, across the country? So it was all different types of people.
1: Most of them were from the Mid South. So you've got kids from uh, West Tennessee, a uh, couple from Kentucky, Arkansas, Mississippi. Yeah, mostly Tennessee, but yeah, a uh, couple from Illinois. So,
0: and was yeah. it similar backgrounds? with some to where you're able to kind of gravitate and be friends right um, off the bat or was it a hard for me it was hard
1: yeah so you know i mean look at us like we don't look like everybody here oh. and so <laughs> and so it, actually i talked to my friend ann about this uh, over the weekend because we were talking about how um in our entire lives we've always been that person that walks into a room and we're the only ones that look like us
0: you know everybody depending on depending different. on the area and the room sure
1: yeah yeah. well I mean I'm in Columbia Missouri so it's <laughs>
0: yeah I do <did.
1: laughs> and then in Jackson Tennessee you know you're in literally in the middle of the Bible Belt and you know there's <laughs> uh, so yeah for a long time I was always I always was always the one that looked different but, um, you know, talking about the softball team, the one thing that we all had in common was that we were good at playing ball. And and so, in fact, my freshman year, I got put in, we all had a, shared a dorm room together. So there were five of us in one dorm room. And that's the entire, that's like a soft, that's half the softball team, you know? Right. And so, um, and all of us starters, all of us really good at what we do. And, really strong in our positions and you know doing what we're supposed to do and that was our common ground and so that kind of sets the tone for for that those relationships and then how we play on the field and uh, my mom's always said that I actually make friends easily so I didn't have a hard time making friends but um, I'm friends with a lot of people but I don't have friends or like people that I'm really really close to. But there was one girl um, on the team that I got really close to, and she's still one of my real, really great friends, and she's actually in the Nashville area, so you know, we still keep in touch.
0: And just out of curiosity, would you consider yourself an extrovert or an introvert?
1: I'm actually, so a, my husband would say I'm an extrovert, um, but I also have uh, very introverted tendencies, too. I, that's the reason I have chickens and ducks and, you know, my garden is because that's my time sure. away from people. Mm-hmm.
0: So the which is a good segue into what I wanted to talk to you about social media. Uh because yeah, yeah. you guys I you're in Missouri with me, but we're kind of I'm up in the St. Louis area. You're Beautiful. where are you at? Columbia. Columbia. So it's a couple hours okay. uh yeah. travel. And yeah would you consider that you're the place that you live can you describe are you on a homestead a farm a garden how how do you describe where you live
1: uh you can call it any one of those things so um we're on 11 acres and you know rural missouri and uh it's got a you know we have a nice house and we've got a big workshop that we can do build a lot of the projects that we need to build and the the, one of the reasons what actually two of the selling points for that property were uh, one it was the garden space that they already had set up because you know well Missouri is kind of known for not having the greatest soil um and um so they already had an established area that, that that was set up they weren't gardening in it but they had it You know, it was cleared out. They had worked on the soil. So that was kind of a nice thing. Um, And they had uh, chicken coops. And so I was immediately able to get started on some of those things. I got chickens. Chickens was like the first thing I did. Um, And then I grew corn because everybody grows corn. Did you
0: or your husband have a background in either farming, gardening, or how did you determine like this is the area we want? and that you're excited to get an area that you can garden, that you can have chickens. Did you you guys have a background coming?
1: So my, so my husband actually, you know, he's from the boot Hill of Missouri. He actually grew up on a traditional farm. It's a 500 acre farm that his grandfather had started um, after World War II. And so, um, so that farm, uh, they grew cotton. Uh, What else did they grow? I don't know they grew all sorts of stuff. soybean, all that stuff that they grow down in the boot heel and um, So he grew up on the farm. He was the oldest of the grandkids and so he was out there working and you know Alongside his dad and grandpa for a long time until his grandfather passed away and um, So he comes from that background, but he doesn't like You know, he didn't have any gardening experience or like, you know growing food or any of of that stuff and uh, when we got married um, we moved to from Tennessee to Columbia because that's where his family was or his parents uh-huh. and we wanted to we wanted to start a family and we wanted to be close to some family and we were not going back to California so <laughs> so we came up here to Columbia because and, he was not um, going to go back
0: to California
1: I, was, I didn't want you to go didn't want it
0: okay that's what I wanted to check no. okay
1: no we both didn't want to go there Um it's because like and you know this like once you taste a little bit of freedom like you're not giving that up and so like i didn't want to go back to california where the cost of living is so high land costs is so high and you're paying taxes you know like crazy so um now being an adult you know working adult i didn't want to go to that so um so we came up here to columbia and had, it took my husband about ten years to talk me into buying some land because he he didn't want to farm necessarily, but he wouldn't he needed space. He is an introvert and he needs space. He needs somewhere to uh regenerate uh-huh. and, you know, re energize and you know, having like his own space to breathe without people like twenty feet over here, sure. twenty feet over here next to him. So, um so yeah, it took him about ten years to talk me into it. Finally, we finally did it, and I'm the one that actually had an interest in gardening and having chickens because I became a mom, and I wanted to make sure that my kids uh, were eating good quality food and that I knew where where it was coming from and what was put into it.
0: So why did it take you so, so long that, to convince yourself yeah. 10 years to do this?
1: I think I was scared because I grew up in the city. You know, yeah. That's all I ever knew, um, and so, yeah, it's kind of scary.
0: <laughs> it's the same thing that I started with when i look back on the brian from even 10 years ago but but specifically going back to when i grew up in california there's no way that that brian would believe that one i'm gardening two that i've made it into some kind of a social media type presence oh yeah that (laughs) I, i would even consider Growing food or wanting to have chickens, it's just not, Yeah. Uh, although the area yeah. I came from, a lot of the backyards, a lot of the families, and we were in a Hispanic area also, they all kept Eden? chickens in the back, whether yeah. it was uh, against the law or not, everybody kind of did what they wanted to. Oh
1: well, no, everybody yeah. did it anyway. Yeah. But I think
0: it just depends oh. on the neighborhood that you grew up in. In my particular neighborhood, everybody kind of just did what they wanted to. But it, it's just kind of strange to where yeah. I'm in the suburbs right now, which is where after graduating from Mizzou uh, in Columbia, Missouri, for those of you that are not familiar with Mizzou, my wife and I, we moved to St. St. Louis, got the the <laughs> typical house that, you know, everybody, you know, suburbs and, right, right, right. and you got your neighbors and you, you go, for, you look for the good school American district, dream. American dream. And we did Whenever. that for a while, and then in the last so many years, I'm getting, I'm approaching the big five zero, and I'm like, yeah, I want to do what you and your husband. I want to go. I want to get to a place to where I'm like yeah. in the middle, of, like no one can find me. I don't want people coming to see me. You know, I just, I just want to. <laughs> I am the extrovert. I have embraced my extroverted is extrovertedism, whatever that is. But I I find it fascinating talking to people like you that have these large areas to where you guys are walking outside in the morning and you're grabbing your eggs and you're doing, you're growing all these vegetables and just putting stuff on the table. No, you know, I'm sure there's stuff that you still need to maybe go to the supermarket to go get. But I, I'm yeah. just kind of curious. I, w- I was wondering what your backstory was and getting to the location that you're in because it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And thank you. So,
1: yeah, we love it.
0: <laughs> when did you decide that you were going to do social media in connection uh-huh. to where you live? Did it start out yeah. as just a personal thing and then all of a sudden you made it into your kind of homestead content?
1: Uh, so I followed a lot of people with kind of similar histories too. So Jason from Sutherland, uh, Megan Holler from the Holler Homestead, they're all from California, um, and left and started their new lives on, you know, wanting to basically do the same thing. And so these were the people that I was kind of looking up to and learning from, um, Of course, I was already out of California and we were in Columbia still when I was watching them. Finally, you know, we made the big transition team to buy land and go out there and which is a huge step. I mean, (laughs) you know, you're talking about your extrovertedness and I was like, yeah, I am a little extroverted. I love to talk to people. I love to connect with people. And um, and so when you're out in the country, you're doing all these things on your own. It's like just your family, right? I've got my chickens and my ducks that I talk to, and I talk to myself and talk to God, you know, while I'm out in the garden, and um, so it gives me that downtime too. But as I was watching all of these channels, because I mostly uh, watched YouTube videos and followed some families, um, but I noticed a trend with a lot of them, and we touched on it a little earlier in our conversation. Is that? none of them all of those channels as great as they are and they really are wonderful people i've met quite a few of them um none of them looked like me and i was like instead of complaining about it like well we need more representation we need more people more that are doing this that aren't you know white people you know blonde haired blue eyed my husband's white so you know yeah, well, <laughs> like, and, yeah, i, I no, married a becky myself so i mean yeah (laughs) and so um so yeah but instead of complaining about it i decided to kind of get out of my comfort zone and step in front of the camera and share my story and so that's how that kind of all started (laughs) was that hard to get in front of
0: the camera are you an in the front of the camera person
1: no so like my profession i'm actually a web designer so i'm very comfortable behind I'm backing the keyboard like I'm doing the code put my headphones on don't bother me so getting in front of the camera and also hate to see my face on camera so it's or on screen and so it's like getting over a lot of those insecurities um and then also not being you know I'm bilingual too so I'm like I sometimes I'll mispronounce words and so it's like I don't want to be judged (laughs) in
0: it seems like everybody from Missouri, we all mispronounce words anyways. So, you
1: know, yeah, yeah. Um, But when I first started it, my husband has always been like a huge supporter. And um, he we were talking about like how uh, we were going to or I guess I shouldn't say we he gets mad when I say we because he's like, this is your thing. Like, I don't want to take any ownership of this. This is your thing. And so, um, but in a good way, right? Is
0: he saying that in a good way? Like this is, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he doesn't want to take credit for the stuff that I've been doing, you know, the last couple of years and like, he, he'll come in and pop in on videos when we're working on projects together. But like, ultimately it is my thing. It's my channel. It's my, uh, like brand. It's a brand that I'm Uh building. And so, um, so anyway, um, We were trying to figure out, okay, so I'm going to offer that opportunity. I'm going to be that Hispanic woman that's doing these things here in the U.S. as a first-generation American. And um, he's like, you know what you should do? Um, Your intro should be in Spanish. He goes, you should do your intro and your outro in Spanish. So if you watch any of my videos, you'll see I always start out with hola amigos. Uh, hola amigos my name is emma and today we're gonna you know whatever my outro is always you know hey thanks for hanging out with me um oh gosh i can't even remember the outro now but but at the end i always say thanks for hanging out with me and then i'll say Mm adios and so that is those are the things that i always begin with and then i end with and that's my because that's me that's my thing and when i was talking to my friend in nashville this weekend actually she was like I love that you do that. And I didn't even think about it, you know, because it was just, it's just become kind of a thing that I, that I do now. But she was like, I love, I love that you do that and that you're
0: true to your roots. And it's, it's, it's your, it's kind of your signature part of the blood that you've put into your content and makes it unique and Mm -hmm. it makes it, uh, Emma. But
1: yeah. yeah. So
0: it's interesting that you mention the, I don't know necessarily, I don't know if you specifically said kind of insecurities of getting in front of the camera. I have had yeah, the yeah. same issues myself in that yeah. when I first started the Garden Voyeur account, which was, which was all gardening, I was yeah. very much just consuming content and looking into other people's gardens on what they were doing yeah. because it was something that was stress yeah. relieving. It's something that it I was, I yeah. was it, it relaxed me. I enjoyed seeing what yeah. people were growing. It got me motivated to start growing some more on my end. And then slowly as yeah. I became more comfortable and getting to know a lot of the creators, I decided to start getting in front of the camera a little bit more because then it becomes a little more personal. Because we all kind of yeah. want to see the person behind the account. Yeah. And my hang up was always, I hate the way that I look. I don't want to have to yeah. get. Not necessarily dressed up. I think it's going to be different for guys and girls. I'll be interested to hear what you what you hey. say also. But I always felt like I don't look like a lot of the, it's not, I'm not picture no. perfect. I look like a.
1: We don't look like everybody else, I look like, else, a, Brian. like a
0: slob <laughs> most of the time. I'm in my gardening <laughs> clothes or I'm in my weekend attire. I don't want to have to get dressed yeah. up. I don't have to, you know, you know pay attention to how I look. And I made a yeah. conscious decision at the very beginning to lower the bar as far as I could in what I, what I show, because once I yeah. became comfortable with this, I mean, I'm right now I'm wearing a, 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 track suit. I usually wear like a Mizzou hoodie. People make fun. I wear the same hoodies all the time. I, yeah. A lot of times if I record something in the morning, I hadn't take, I haven't taken a shower yet. So like my beard is still kind of mushed up yeah. from sleeping. <laughs> And because I've set the bar so low at the beginning and I've become kind of comfortable with it, there's zero pressure in getting in front of the camera and doing that. And that is one thing that I had to work on personally is just accepting who I am and what I look like physically. But that took almost 30 years for me to get to that point.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, And you kind of touched on it, you know, it is kind of different for men and women. I think that's, whether it's good or bad, I don't know. But um, again, like I said, I didn't want to be uh, like everybody else. We already had everybody else. You know, we have, uh, I don't have anything against anybody. I think there's a difference though between uh, what some people are posting, which I consider some kind, somewhat like... um, aspirational so like you know you're seeing these beautiful gardens and these beautiful women that are you know obviously you know they've uh, prepared for to be on camera and again there's nothing wrong with that um but if you know me if you've been around me for any amount of time you know that's not me i don't wear makeup except for when i go on a date with my husband or we go to a special occasion that's the only time i ever put on makeup and I'm not gonna do that on camera, like for the camera, cause that's not me. And so for me, the big thing is to be authentic to myself. And so that's why I don't do it. And you know, even like my hair, like right, this is my hair. I took a shower, I brushed it and this is what
0: you get. I did the same for you <laughs> yeah. actually. I took a shower and I actually put a little beard oil in because I, I was hey. a little, I, I did feel a little like, yeah, my, my no. beard's getting a little out of hand this morning. So I had to kind of tame it.
1: What kind of oil do you use?
0: Uh, specifically, I don't even know. It's something that I've been gifted from the wife or my family mm. over the last few years because they're just so sick of everybody hates the beard except yeah. for me.
1: Oh, and so okay.
0: which is why I keep it. And yeah. uh, they just they give me anything <laughs> to help kind of groom it and to keep it contained. Yeah. So, but it's just yeah. some random oils that just make it feel soft and. Some. Yeah.
1: My husband has a beard. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. And he always, and the reason I asked that was because he purposefully wears oils that I like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love his beard. I have nothing. Well, see, that's the, against the beard, so
0: You love the beard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, he's got a great beard too. Um, but yeah, like I, I didn't want to put up an image of myself that wasn't myself. That wasn't me. And so, um, and I have friends that that, you know, they're, you know, they make sure that they're dressed a certain way and have their makeup on and then they do their hair. And that's fine. Like, that's done. They do that on a the nor they do that on the regular. Right. So like there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but at the same time, one of the reasons I don't do any of that is that I'm out like uh, I'm on a farm. I'm raising chicken. Chickens are not chickens and ducks especially like it's not clean all the time you're stepping in poop all the time like you're gonna get dirty and there's yeah i didn't i
0: never saw the point in wearing like good clothes to to do this stuff because you're gonna get that on you but can you imagine trying to find the time to have to get camera ready then if if that is your brand and again i agree with you I, i just assume everybody kind of do the content they want to do. If you want to get all yeah. done up or whatever, that's fine. Um, yeah,
1: you do you. If <laughs> it's, if it, nothing if it's, it's what that. you want to put out
0: and that's what you enjoy to, enjoy doing, then that's uh-huh. great. Yeah. For me, I just kept yeah. i I just didn't want to have to make it an extra chore because if it yes. became mm-hmm. an issue to where I had to get ready mm-hmm. or I felt like I didn't look good that day. Then all of a sudden I would just quit doing the content and that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to kind of engage a little bit, have some fun. You know, my reasoning has changed over the years on why I have the account of what I do, what I do. I want to make it like you have mentioned before. This is pretty authentic. If you come over to my house, which I never invite anybody to my house, but if you came over and this is what you would see and what you guys yeah. see pretty much on video a lot of times that personality and stuff even though it is kind of for show and it's for entertainment i'm trying to be funny sometimes but the yeah. overall this is kind of just who i am yeah. so uh, when i roll to my kids hockey games this is kind of how i look just without the smile uh-huh. when i go to my kids hockey games and stuff i i just i'm just i look like this yeah because i don't want other You've parents coming up to me to talk to me i just i want to be left alone Yeah. But I come here. Yeah, I'm a little more friendly here. But it's on my terms. Being an introvert, it's on my terms. You're on your turf. Yeah, Yeah. you were just thinking something. Yeah, something popped in your head. There,
1: it's on your turf. It is like I've had friends. uh, It's crazy. The I was just talking to my husband about it this morning. I was like, having done this though, like the one thing I didn't expect from doing the whole social media thing, um, is the community around it like you're making friends that are all over all over the world you know and like even now like I had like I said you know I have friends here but like none that really understand like what I'm doing and so you meet these other gardeners right um, and so I've been to several festivals I went to quite a few last year to do that um, and got to meet a lot of the homesteaders that I followed on YouTube um, or on Instagram and like in person face to face and you know you can talk about something mention something and you don't have to explain yourself everybody right away understands what you're talking about right any challenges you might be facing with the garden like growing certain things or the pests you had to deal with this year that you didn't have to Uh deal with before um issues with your chickens or ducks or whatever right you don't have to explain yourself everybody already understands that and it's you can't do that with everybody. If you go to a hockey game, you can't just talk to another dad and say something like that, and they're going to be like, "What are you talking about?" You know. Well, it's <laughs> a, it, and then you have to go into this whole twenty minute explanation, and
0: I don't want to do that. You don't, know, but it's it's just a exactly it's a bigger pot to choose yeah. from of people that you may yeah understand yeah. a little better when you're on the internet, and this is obviously a good or bad thing. We'll probably end up touching on this also down the road here. Is it's, it's a bigger pot to be able to find other people that have similar interests that understand what you're going through or doing the same things as opposed to the people that are physically there in Columbia, Missouri for you. Or for me, it's within my little sub, you know, suburbia that I see on an everyday basis. A lot of those people, we don't have a lot of things in common (laughs) other than we're all on the same hockey team.
1: Yeah. Your kids play sports together. So,
0: you know, and for me, that's just not enough for me to want to, and I know this sounds awful, but I just, I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm going to say waste the time, but I'll say that. Invest. Yeah, the invest. Energy. Invest. I don't want to... In- it takes energy. Yeah. It's, I, I only have so much energy to put into certain people mm-hmm. and I've found that most yeah. of those people that I want to invest in are ones that I've yeah. encountered within our community, whether it's gardening or homesteading. You know, there's... Yeah. Looking at the Venn diagram of things, you know, gardening, homesteading, ranching. They they all kind of intersect at some point, and I think we all have mm-hmm. some things kind of in common. So, yeah. as far as the social media stuff goes, you're on, what platforms are you on and which one is your main account? And how do you say your account's name? Because I was referring to it as Sonny's Place, but you, you, you say it different, so why?
1: Okay, so yeah, and we knew this like like going into this thing that everybody was going to call it Sonny's place. And that's fine. The only difference is that I am not allowed to say it that way because that's not the name. Because it's Matt's grandfather's name. I touched on that earlier too. I talked a little bit about his grandfather. Uh That was, he's the one that started the the farm. His name is Sonny. And so um, I named um, the account or my YouTube channel kind of in honor of him because, you know, that's where that history comes from Um, a lot of that kind of ag history in fact i planted a pecan orchard because he had a pecan orchard on his actually just next to his house so he had they had their own like property where the house was and then the pecan orchard and then he had the farm and so when they sold it in fact they sold the farm and then they sold the house separately and so you know two separate things but he had this pecan orchard and uh mount's uh, my father-in-law always talked uh, really fondly about this and the pecan orchard and like you know saving it after an ice storm and all these things and so when we finally moved to our property um, I wanted to do a couple things on that property uh, to honor like our history and so planted a pecan orchard and then like I mentioned before my parents uh, are Mexican immigrants and so which is true for a lot of immigrants that come in from mexico um into california is they work the fields Uh you know and some of the fields that they first worked on were actually strawberries and so i planted strawberries on in our garden and you know so those were kind of like our two like stamps on this property like this is this is our our land so anyway yeah (laughs) back to the question what was the question i lost track
0: well, I got enough tangent. <laughs> I I go on tangents all the time. Uh, I think it's I don't know if it's OCD, ADHD, whatever it is. Boy. I get distracted just when new thoughts enter my head. But
1: yeah, in, for real, you're
0: also another one. Then I have to be honest and say I just thought you your name was Sunny at the beginning. Yeah,
1: everybody does, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've I'm yeah, coming so... clean with
0: everybody that either that I have on as a guest or just on Instagram. <laughs> where I just thought that their name was something else. Yeah. And then you realize, oh my God, that's not their name. So it's just recent that I saw that your name was Emma, but I always thought when I saw your thing, I was like, oh, that's Sunny. So now I'm glad we're getting the backstory on this, but I had to come clean there.
1: No, no, you're good. So it happens all the time, actually. Even friends, like people that I'm friends with, that I moderate on their lives, like... and every once in a while they'll call me sunny because that's the name that they see in you know in the chat and i totally again that's one of those things we expected it wasn't like we're totally shocked about it but that's why i do my intros the way that i do hey welcome back to sonny's place my name is emma and so you know (laughs) just to remind but if you know anything about youtube you know that people don't always listen and so they're not always going to remember hey your name is emma even though, you you know, you told me right at the beginning of the video, but I'm still going to call you son. Right. Up. So, <laughs> and that's okay. That's like, part of does, the game. I'm not offended at all by it. I, like I, like yeah, my wife tells is, yeah.
0: me, she has to tell me 30 times Ooh. to do some, some things. And I just, it doesn't register <laughs> until the 31st time. But yeah, I, I just <laughs> remembered. So the question was, as far as the social media yes. platforms, right? which platforms now are you on and which do you yeah. consider, if any, is your main platform?
1: Yeah, um, and I think we've t- talked, or just in my little chats on our um, posts and stuff. Um, I actually started on YouTube, so that was my first, and it's actually my primary, uh, platform. Uh, I had Instagram, I do Facebook, and I have some TikTok stuff too, but my primary focus is always YouTube, and so I'm always, uh, creating or, uh, storyboarding for my YouTube content. Um, Instagram, once Instagram, because I used to just share pictures on Instagram and then when they really started pushing heavily the reels, I was like, okay, I've got to, got to kind of change mindsets a little Uh bit and figure out what that, those audience expectations are on that platform, um, which is actually very similar to TikTok. Um, And so, and I had already done some TikTok. I was familiar with it too. And so it's just a matter of like figuring out Um, I think, and I touched on this too, when I left a couple of comments on your, your stuff too, um, is understanding that each platform has its uh, strengths and um, audience building uh, techniques and reward systems. And so like Instagram is going to reward you differently than YouTube is and TikTok and Facebook. And so you're looking for certain things and creating content to kind of, to get rewarded. (laughs) And so, like YouTube, because I started there, um, it's a really heavy analytics tool. So, like, that's one thing that you're using analytics quite a bit. And that's why they offer it in the dashboard. They offer you all sorts of analytics uh, to be able to go through and figure out how to fine-tune your content to really uh, uh, engage your audience and create a following. And the big, the big hitters there, there's big three things that you want to focus on with YouTube, and that's your uh, thumbnails, Um, are they uh, intriguing? Does the title tell that story? Like, is it consistent with what's going on in that thumbnail that's going to make me want to click? Is the title intriguing enough that it's going to make me want to click? And then once you click on it, are you delivering on that title and thumbnail within the first few seconds of your video? And then, so there's four things actually. So, and then the last thing is your viewer duration. So if you see in your analytics, it'll have like a your average new duration or it'll have a percentage of like how, often, how long your audience was watching that video. And then it'll even show you the little graph of like where they started dropping off and like you have your, uh, where they skipped or uh, where there was a dip or where there was a peak, right? Yeah. On a particular video. You don't have access to any of that like on reels, right? Cause they're so short. Um, sh- uh, reels are, you know, how many, uh, Views did you get? How many likes did you get? How many shares were there, right? Those are your your things that they're basically wanting you to To focus on with reels. I came from from that end where I'm looking at diving into analytics and trying to fine-tune So like one of the things I've been working on is when I'm watching a video Performance like how my videos performed if I see a big dip in a certain spot I go back and look at what caused that dip and what can I do differently in the next video and so I do that. I'm constantly studying, and this is what everybody on YouTube does, like all of the big, big channels they're looking at these analytics and trying to figure out how they can tailor that content to keep that audience duration you want I think it was like sixty to seventy percent average view duration on a video like that's like your target and so there's certain statistics already like you're trying to get those, and I think um, click through rates is also the big one and you know working on
0: that click through rate. this has to be part of your web design brain that understands this because I am number one, I can barely comprehend or understand what you just said. I I understand what you said. I'm listening, (laughs) but I'm also intimidated by what you just said. And I feel I'm, I'm just like, Oh my God. I just, I want to just create content, but I also want it. I want to be somewhat successful in it. And that's why I wanted to talk to you today about your YouTube experience, uh, is one of the things for you with YouTube, is it that you naturally just want to do more long form content and that just fits better on YouTube or because you just started with YouTube, you started making long form content.
1: It would be the louder. Yeah. I started with YouTube. And so it's a, and for me, it's about telling a story. So, like, you'll hear creators talk about like storytelling Uh and how important that is. Right. Um, And so I actually spend a lot of time reading storytelling books, how to tell a better story, how to form, how to actually form a story beginning. There's a beginning, middle, and end. But what is, what does that consist of? And with every story, what makes a movie really great is that climax that like issue that they have to overcome and then you solve that problem and that's it so you're building up to this point right it's a story <laughs> yeah any and,
0: you have got to do you coach people in youtube like will you no, help them no. you're you're talking no. you're like steven spielberg now you're no, talking no I, no no you're like cameron with avatar <laughs> You're thinking next level. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I just started on YouTube as far as creating for it. I've always consumed YouTube. YouTube's always like my number one. Like when you talk about network and Netflix, HBO, I watch more YouTube than I do anything else. But this is the Mm -hmm. first within the last six months, and I'm creating for it. And hearing you talk about all this stuff, I'm just like, I'm I'm in over my head. And all this makes sense because the whole story part of it that you're talking about and with the thumbnails, everything you just said, as I went through your account on YouTube and this morning, I'm involved in the story between your ducks and your chickens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was just like watching the mini movie. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. what's going on here? The thumbnail caught me because it's the way that you have it designed with the duck and the chicken. And you're trying to, you're, you're, yes. you're, you're keeping them apart. Um, the title yeah. on it, I'm looking at, it says, keep them separated. And this, this look on your face. And I'm like, well, what's going on here? I, I tune mm-hmm. in and then you're, you're describing your, your ducks and the chickens that you have. And all of a sudden I see you like you're fighting with this rooster. And I'm like, what is mm-hmm. going on? And then all of a sudden, the middle of the movie, something happens to your chickens and your rooster. We and I think you explained it, but then I'm like, "Wait, what happened?" So just yeah. just for me right now, what happened with your the chickens and the rooster? How did they die? What?
1: Uh, they died from heat stroke, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: So it it wasn't so it wasn't something with the ducks. Like the ducks didn't come over to take out the rooster or no you said said something about mating or something and i was like were the ducks trying to mate with the chickens i was like do ducks (laughs) and chickens mate all this stuff was going through my head and i'm like i'm panicking (laughs) i'm getting ready to take my shower to to interview for the podcast and i'm like should i know if ducks (laughs) and chickens mate
1: they can uh if a chicken can mate with a duck and it's not going to affect it but if a duck tries to mate with a chicken it
0: can kill it yeah um,
1: because of the the differences in how they mate, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> but I...
1: but yeah. So at the time when and I included the if you watch the video you'll see the little info tab at the top. You can watch that actual video of all of that happening. And what I was doing is I actually raised that particular chicken flock and those ducks together. Um, from when they were very, you know, from back when they were chicks and ducklings. And, um, but because there was a rooster president, he kept order in the flock. So he's always the alpha, despite the fact that there's ducks and there's uh, drakes or male ducks. The rooster will always be the alpha. And so he keeps order. And then because he's keeping order and taking care of the chickens, the drakes have full control of the, the other ducks. So there's not going to be any issues. But as soon as the rooster died as soon as uh rusty died it eliminated that and that meant that there was no alpha to protect the chickens from those drakes and so i had to separate them there is just no and i and in fact like if you look at the if you read the comments in that video you'll see that there were a couple people that were like yeah that happened to me and i lost the chicken and or it hurt it really badly and so totally get it
0: (laughs) i i was watching that and then I'm like, did the male duck try to mate with the rooster? And then that's how the rooster died. I, everything was mm-hmm. going through my mind. But I was yeah. caught up in your yeah. video. And then I oh, I was looking at glad. everything. And then listening to what you just said, I'm like, you obviously kind of know what you're doing, putting this stuff together. And you, and you have a little yeah. bit of a background. I mean, as far as like your thumbnails, let's say. And your thumbnails are are brilliant. I love them. Thank you. How long does it take you to do these thumbnails?
1: Uh, I limit myself. So I actually set a time, uh, 30 minutes to an hour at the most. I will not spend any more than an hour. Just for the thumbnail. thumbnail. Yeah, just for that. Mm -hmm. 30 minutes is my target. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, and so what a lot of people don't do is shoot stills for their thumbnails. And so you'll see a lot of times people, like especially when they're new to YouTube, they're just using a screenshot or still from that YouTube uh, recommends, right? Um, and they'll use that that screenshot or whatever and then sometimes they'll go a little extra and like put text on it. And so for me, like a lot of times when I'm going out to shoot a video to actually start recording, um, I already have in my mind what I want that thumbnail to look like. Okay. And uh, a self-title. So I kind of know what I'm going to be doing. So when I do that kind of lead or that, like, introducing the issue, I already know what I'm going to say. And so it's like, how do I, how do I picture that? Or how do I put that in a thumbnail? And so um, when I'm out there shooting video, I get those shots. I frame them. And then I do my, you know, my like screen Uh face, you know, the whole thing. Right. Yeah. So that's all intentional. Like I go I do that on purpose. I and I do it while I'm out there uh, with the animals and get everything, you know, right. If you go and look at the uh, the Raisin Cornish cross series that I did, that's exactly what I do with every single one of them. As I'm shooting video for this, I'm like, okay, this is what I want this video to look like or this thumbnail to look like. And I want the text to be here. So I need the chickens to be in this position and I make need to make sure that my lighting is consistent as well because that's the other, That's one of my pet peeves. Is like when you're shooting animals, and then the lighting is one way, and then you have your face, and your the shadows are on a totally different side. I'm like, that's just annoying to me. But that's because I'm a I'm a graphic designer. Like I'm a web designer. Like this is my job. So these are things that I can control. And so I go out and like Fran and I'll get the still of the chickens in the pose that I want, and then I'll leave the camera there, and then I go do my pose. And so the lighting's always the same, but then I get. I clear out the area and then I have my background, so I can just layer images as I want.
0: This is so, unt- this is my avatar. Profession. This is like watching Cameron director's cut <laughs> on how it took him three hundred billion dollars to do Avatar and how he broke down each Gosh. of the shots. I mean, I I yeah. love hearing about this because it's super interesting—the behind the scenes of how you're doing this mm-hmm. and hearing it.
1: But if you talk, if you talk to anybody, like talk to, uh, so I have some friends that have, you know, larger channels. That's exactly what they're doing. And so what you're wanting to do is if you want to be successful, you look at what those channels are doing, even outside of your niche, you know, Mr. Beast and all of those, you look at what they're doing and you're like, how can I tailor that to what I'm doing here?
0: Oh, that's a great idea. So there are,
1: I mean, I watch things that aren't in my niche Uh all the time. And for that reason, because there's always you have is I study videos. I study how they do transitions and how they tell the story, how they frame shots. And so but this is my creative side. Like this is YouTube's basically allowed me to extend that creativity into a whole different thing that I don't do every day. You know, like I said, I'm a web designer by day. So I code. I literally I'll have an idea of what we're going to be doing. And I code. Right. And then when I go home, that's when all the creative stuff starts to happen. I create when I cook, so cooking is one of my, you know, passions. Yeah. Love to cook from scratch, and so you've seen some of that yeah. stuff too. And when I shoot video, those are my those are my creative outlets.
0: And so this is more of your creative passion that you're able to. It's the itch you can scratch. Mm-hmm. So this is all still enjoyment yeah. for you, as opposed to totally looking at it like I got I got to shoot a video today has it gotten to that point to where you feel like you have to do as opposed to you enjoy doing
1: uh it has happened so and I've shared those some of those videos too um because I've uh when I had my uh, when I had my first kid I actually suffered from postpartum depression and so that is something that still refer resurfaces occasionally Uh um and so uh it was like a year or so ago i um because of softball i have some injuries that i'm that i still that will flare up occasionally and the older you get you know those things come back and so there was a time when like i tweaked my knee for some dumb reason i can't even remember why but it was to the point where I couldn't even do a lot of things. I couldn't do a whole lot. And when you're on a homestead, you've got to you you have to be able to haul feet fifty pound feed bags and, you know, move things around and like build things and, you know, and so I wasn't able to do that. And um so I wasn't in a really good mental spot. And you don't want to hit record when you're in that spot. And so it was like, How do I get out of it? But YouTube helped in that because I was like, I need to I need to do this. I need to get out. And so I did. I shared a video about that that one thing and brought the camera out with me when I was doing some foraging. And that's all I did. It's just recorded me foraging. Didn't talk to the camera. Right. And, and then I went in the shop and set up the camera and started talking about what was going on. And then I used the footage of me foraging for B-roll yeah. to kind of support that that story and to keep it interesting because people don't just want to see somebody talking on camera. So but yeah, <laughs> it's not always easy.
0: <laughs> the, the, the what kind of schedule do you keep for your YouTube content? As far as do you try to do a video every so often and you try to stick to that kind of schedule? And then in total you talked about 30 minutes in creating the thumbnail. What's the yeah what's a ballpark time that in making a video for your channel how long does that take yeah. you think
1: okay so and it, it varies based on what that particular video is right. and so there are some videos that have literally taken at taken at the most an hour and a half to shoot the video edit the video and do the thumbnail I have some videos like that And then I have videos that took me 10 hours to do. And some were like, I'm piecing together stories that uh, I've shared in the past. And so I'll go and grab stuff from there and pull it in to tell the story. So like that duck video, it's not very long, the chickens and the ducks video, but I was able to pull in uh, content that I had already worked on to support that story and to kind of, you know, tell it better. And so those times it takes a little bit longer because a lot of that content is like backed up in my external hard drives. And so I have to go and actually grab it and go find it and then start going through and figuring out what I'm going to use and what I don't want to use.
0: So it does,
1: I don't know, but it depends. Yeah.
0: Does the amount of time it took to create a video and how much effort does that translate into how popular that video is? No. Or is it kind of inversely? All related to where the more time and effort and the more you think it's good stuff, the less right it appeals or the less traction it gets. Do you get caught up in stuff yeah. like that?
1: So it's a very common thing. So I'm also part of a couple of uh, groups in, on Facebook that are specific to YouTube creators okay. that are homesteaders. So there's two groups that I'm in and that's the constant discussion is like, Oh my gosh, I worked on this video. I was so passionate about it. I was so excited about it It's like one of my best videos and they I put it out there and it tanked and It's just like oh Yeah, we've all done it like it sucks Absolutely sucks because you're so proud of it and all the work that went into it and you want it to do really well Oh my gosh, everybody's gonna love it and they don't and then you have a video that you shot in ten minutes and it's not great. And there it goes. It's like, woo, one of your better videos. And you're like, why, why? And so, yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like humbling in the process. And so um, I was actually an art student in college and this all makes, this all makes
0: sense of seeing (laughs) the quality of like your thumbnails you talking about what you do with setting up the storyboarding of your videos and preparing before you go shoot things, all of this, you're an arts. uh, Keep going. I I don't want to interrupt you, but this all makes sense. Why everything looks looks so good.
1: Uh, (laughs) But, um, one of the things that I learned as an art student in college, I worked uh, in ceramics and, and sculpting with clay and There's a whole process, you know, as you're working with clay and molding it and like trying to make sure that you're removing air pockets or whatever, so that when you actually put it through the firing process, it doesn't blow up, completely blow up, right? Because what happens to a pocket of air that's encapsulated by clay that's hardening when it's superheated to 1800 degrees? It turns into steam and it has to go somewhere, well that's what happens, it just blows up, and. Sometimes it'll blow, it'll break things that are in the areas surrounding it. So then you're breaking pieces that other people worked on. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: so there's a lot of, there's a lot of things in, that, that can go wrong in the firing process. But what that taught me is, uh, not getting attached to my work, um, or getting this like big ego. So, because at any time you could lose that, that piece or that thing that you spent all that time on creating. And so all of that translates into what I'm doing day-to-day now. I do that at work. Like if I have a a project that I'm working on that I'm like, oh this is gonna this is gonna do really well. I'm really hoping or it's gonna improve our click-through rates and like our uh, lead submission by this much. And it tanks. And instead of like sitting there and like licking my wounds, I'm like, okay, so what was it about it that didn't work? And Let's fix that and test it again. And so I take that same like mentality into what's going on with my YouTube stuff. And my friend Ann actually told me, she's like, kill your darlings. If there's something in your video where you see those analytics and you see that trend and you see that dip, cut it, just cut it. And I was like, okay, like she was the one that reminded me like, hey, this is how you, brutal you have to be if you want to be successful and you want to in, you know improve your your duration on those videos. Yeah, it's all hard stuff. like again, like I kind of had that foundation set for me, so it's a little easier for me to do some of right. that. Some people, it takes a little longer to get to that point to do. Um, but yeah, well, I gotta think
0: <laughs> not taking it personal and just being aware of what you said that you know know, killing your darlings and then some of the work that you put out there that you think is this brilliant piece that doesn't resonate with either the viewers or more more than likely doesn't resonate with the algorithm that's being pushed out there but that has to kind of ebb and flow on a weekly basis or maybe even on a a daily basis to where some days you can detach from that and it doesn't affect you personally and then there may be a day to where you're just like oh my god I'm not worth anything because
1: yeah, I'm, a failure. I'm a failure. Why am I even doing this? And you
0: know yeah. you know in your head that's not the right way to think about it but it just yeah there you're you're going to be We're caught human. on a weak day. You're going to yeah, have a weak moment human, and you're like, going to think oh. yeah.
1: yeah for sure.
0: <laughs> and and here and you know that and your the quality yeah. of your work is I mean I top notch and yet you oh, still kind of suffer from that. it
1: oh yeah everybody does yeah but and even then like knowing all this these things like there's still times that like it hurts my feelings yeah for sure and it's really discouraging Uh but the wonderful thing the wonderful thing about YouTube is that it treats each video uh, as its own thing it's isolated so even though you had one video that tanked, okay, you could work on the next video, and that video is another chance to kill it. You know, to really to kill well, those uh, to do well those statistics. Yeah. yeah, yeah, to do really well. And so, that's the benefit of YouTube is that it doesn't look at everything as a whole. No. Like your analytics, it doesn't look at it as a whole. You can have crappy videos, and then you create one video that just hit hit the algorithm, and boom, it takes off.
0: So you get a chance and to so kind of start over each time. It's a do every Which I guess is time. a good or bad thing, depending on how you look at that.
1: Well, it's a good thing. And even, like, you can have a video that just hits that algorithm, right, and it blows up. And what that does is it creates exposure. So if you've been working on your craft, if you've been really working on creating good, solid videos, if you have one that takes off, people that really like that are going to go back and look at Ooh, what kind of content are they putting out? Like I'm more interested because they got me on one video. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go check it out. You've done it, right? You had to. you probably one watched a video and you're like, this is actually really good. What else are they creating? Yeah. As a consumer, I'm interested, yes. In.
0: Yes. Right. As a consumer, it makes me yeah. that one video I'll go and check out their stuff.
1: And then you go and look, okay, am I interested? In, am I gonna to want to watch more of their things? Interesting. And so that's why you still make an effort every time. You still want to do that and be consistent. The biggest thing is just being consistent. And that's what I've struggled with is being consistent. So like I won't release a video every week sometimes. Um, I took an entire, I took a break in December. I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to, I think I talked to you about it um, or we chatted about it. Like I took a break and just refocused on what I was going to be doing this year, what my content was going to look like because I'm actually changing direction a little bit in terms of like my messaging and the stories that I'm going to be telling. And a lot of that has come from, uh, conversations that I've had with some friends um, about my story and what makes me unique because that was the whole reason I started is that I'm not like everybody else but what is it that makes me unique and I need to tell that story
0: now is that changing directions with this account or is that splitting it off into now you've got maybe two different accounts one to tell a different no, story I'm
1: not doing two different accounts that was just way too much work <laughs> Um what I'm doing is changing the direction of the content, if that makes sure. sense. So all that content that I've created is still relevant. Yeah. Like all the stuff I'm doing, I'm not changing like you know, oh I'm gonna go to the city or I'm gonna do this. It's it's still all within the context of homesteading and what I've been what I do every day. It's just that we're gonna so this year we're I'm actually gonna be diving more into the why. Of what I'm doing, and so and that's a whole other discussion. So I'm like, there's a there's a big why. It's
0: the deep and,
1: cut. Mm-hmm, it the is deep cut and of the That's album. what I'm gonna be doing. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna be doing this year. And so the the these videos that I just did this month, like they're kind of setting the tone or the foundation for what's to come. Sure. So yeah.
0: Well, let me ask you a specific question, and then we'll wrap it up with uh, some tips for uh, users coming from, let's say, Instagram that want to give YouTube a try. What percentage, yeah. when you're looking at content that you're going to make for, let's say, today for your next project that you're going to record? Right. What percentage? Because uh, it's not always zero some game 0-100% in that you do content just for you or that you do content for your subscribers. There's always a blend of it's a mix of kind of what I just want to do and then that's going to resonate in in what I think people want to want to see. What percentage of that when when you kind of look at is it 50-50 of what Emma wants to do regardless of what the analytics Mm -hmm. say or is it 80-20, 70-30. 80-20, right. 70-30. Break that down for me.
1: Um. So in the past, I viewed it like that. I viewed it by uh, percentages and how I was going to break down that content. Um, because a lot of the questions I was I had earlier on in the process is like, I had one video a couple years ago that just completely took off. And I was like, I have no idea why. It's one of my crappiest videos. Why? And Somebody was like, well, that video did really well. You should do more videos around that content. And I was like, okay. Like, I bought into that. Like, okay, I'm going to do more. It was the DIY uh, nesting boxes that I did. Just blew up one day. And I was like, okay. And everybody's like, you need to do more DIY stuff like that. It's geared towards like your chickens or chicken coops or whatever. And... I did that, but then there were also other videos that were more about, that I called my storytelling videos, where I got to share a little bit more of my my, uh, uh, my story, uh-huh. and those didn't do as well, but they got a lot more engagement, so I had a lot more uh, people responding to those videos um, in a more heartfelt way than these over here that are more like, well, how did you do this, what are the dimensions, you know, right, right. those are very two different types of videos, and so... For a long time, I was trying to do those things. So you got 50-50, right? Um, But having had these kind of harder conversations late last year with people um, and listening to my story and like why I'm doing what I do, they were like, you need to tell that story. Not how to build a chicken coop or how to do nesting boxes. Like those are all kind of great, but at the same time, like your story is unique, but it's also relatable. Uh Somebody out there has that story or they have similar challenges. And so even though it is more of me just telling my story and being, you know, just sharing what I want to share, it's still relatable and it's engaging and it's interesting. right? Because everybody has a story, everybody's unique. And so it's just figuring out how to tell that story to make it engaging and to make it interesting and to make it relatable.
0: Right. Well, that's an interesting way to kind of describe the different types of content because you're, you're right. There are certain types that you're going to create like your nesting boxes to where people can consume that information, take it and go do something. And then there's no engagement. And that's not yeah. good or bad or successful. That's just the type of content that is. It just it is what it they is. They take yeah. that content and then they can go yeah. do DIY. Yeah, I'm... you go do yes. Other yeah. than maybe they come back and say, "Hey, Emma, thanks for that content. That really helped me out." But yeah. a lot of times you don't hear that, so they take and go. But then a more it's really great when you do though. Yeah, oh it my is. What's, it's, it's so cool. it's like you yeah. know, hey, I, I'm. That's awesome, and then there's yeah. the content that maybe doesn't hit that many people, but you, it touches somebody to where it kind of matches up with something within their personal story. And then there yeah, you get yeah. the engagement. So there is different types of content that way. I've never looked at it really that way, but that's, that's really, yeah, I I, I like that. So <laughs> here's, here's what I want to do to kind of bring to a close, the podcast. There's going to be a sure. lot of people that when they listen to this podcast, they're coming or they're on Instagram right now. You're familiar with Instagram yeah. and yeah. there's several of us that are giving YouTube a try in yeah. putting content and trying to develop a channel or whatever. What are maybe yeah. three or four tips that you would give to somebody that is wanting to come from a platform like Instagram or TikTok? And they're wanting to do maybe YouTube.
1: Yeah. Gosh. Uh, I have to think about this one a little bit because uh, I came, it was, for me, it was the opposite. Right. But the whole reason, again, is like figuring out what it is, what you want your message to be and what you want your brand to be um, on YouTube. It's not Instagram. Instagram is very like short, short, Snippets, um, very kind of quick and and easy, right? Right. That's one of the reasons that's one of the appeals of it is because you can share content really quickly, doesn't take a lot of time. Um, but think through what that messaging is going to be and how you want your brand to be um, consumed on YouTube. Figure out your audience who's your audience? Who are you talking to? Um, one of the things that one of the techniques I used actually to get better at talking to the camera um, is somebody told me find that person, either a friend, coworker, family member, um, like whatever specific topic that you want to cover that particular day, find that person that has asked those questions or has been curious about your life. And look at the camera and talk to them.
0: A so specific person is you, gonna, what you're saying.
1: Yeah, picture you picture a specific person. Okay. And talk to that person, and it made it so much easier for me to talk to the camera. So you'll notice a, a difference. Like if you watch like my first couple videos, they're crap. But you watch them now, and even the ones you can't tell when I'm reading a script. So, cause there's some videos where I wrote a script and I read it, <laughs> but you can't tell because I worked really hard when I wrote that script. I wrote it the way that I speak and I wrote it the way that I would tell someone. Okay. And so when I'm reading it, it makes it super easy for me to actually just do it. And, but I talk to the people that I picture in my head. That's who I'm talking to. Figure out who you're talking to. Okay. Uh, when you're creating these videos and then what value are you providing to them? You're taking them away from this platform that's maybe a minute of time of investment into potentially 5, 10, 15, 20 minute video. What is the value proposition? What's going to keep them engaged?
0: And what, let's say that all the background And skill set that you have, let's say that you don't have that coming from Instagram. Because a lot of us coming from Instagram, we're just used to really quick. You talked before about that used to be the platform that we would take pictures. And then that's just, you upload your picture, caption, that was it. Reels, you do real quick video. Let's just say you don't have the directorial art background that you have. Yeah. Is that.?
1: Well, not everybody does. Yeah, not everybody does. I, I'm fortunate because that makes things, something, some parts of it makes it easier uh-huh. for me. But there are people that can do other things better than I can. And so uh, one of my friends, Morgan Gold uh, from Goldshaw Farm, amazing storyteller. And I watch his videos and study them. Like, I study his videos and how he tells a story and how he frames it. And um, another friend of mine, he's also in Missouri, Jake, and well, Jake and Becky uh, from White House on the Hill. They're out towards St. Joe. Um, Great storytellers. And so I watch these channels just to study. So if you're wanting to get better at that, whatever it is that you're wanting to do better, focus on that one thing for a little while, study the process. That's the one thing nobody talks about is studying the process. A lot of the people that are really successful on YouTube, they study the process. They study how to tell a story. They study analytics on thumbnails, titles, and uh, just a whole how to read analytics. You know, you were talking earlier about how that just kind of sounded intimidating. And it's like, um, even though I'm more familiar with analytics, it's still intimidating because it's a whole different type of analytic than the one I do uh-huh. at work. And so it's being able to see what statistics actually matter and all that data that YouTube's giving you and focus on those things because of all of that data, you can get lost in all that data. You want to focus on the key points.
0: Okay. Is it possible to just come to YouTube to have fun? Let's say.
1: Yes. Totally, yeah.
0: But uh, would you just have to readjust your expectation that that may not translate to a lot of views? Because I'm coming from an avenue on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, especially with the podcast itself. Yeah. I'm still kind of leaning more towards where 90% of all of this is just stuff that I want to do for fun. Yeah. But there is a rational peep Size part of my brain that's like, but if you can make it somewhat uh, more appetizing for other people to want to consume that, right? The, there may be a little bit of a nugget of success, which it's all relative, the success meter if, that we all are, no. uh, you know, looking at. But is it possible to just come onto YouTube? for the time being at the very beginning when you're just learning to 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 pop out of the Instagram TikTok thing to just do yeah. stuff for fun.
1: Yeah, totally. You can do that. It's just know that you have to set that expectation that it's probably not going to do very well. Like you might be used to the success you're seeing on Instagram and think that you're going to be able to do that and have that same success right away on on YouTube. And that's not necessarily true. Uh-huh. It can be, but it's not always, that's not always the case. And so just come come at it with that expectation of this is probably going to suck, but hey, I'm going to do it because um, one, I'm having fun. Two, I'm trying to figure out what my presence is going to be here on this platform. And three, that's buying you time to learn how to read the analytics and how to tailor your audience and content for that audience. And so it's all a learning opportunity, all of it. From the beginning. And that's why, like, I come at it from a couple years of experience now. And that's why I say those early videos are crap. But they stay there because that's when I started. And that's when I really became a student in that whole process.
0: Um, Would you say, so? is it, what about, would you have to almost go through that crap period? And I'm not saying your stuff is crap. You're saying your stuff early on was crap. But do we have to, do yeah. we have to go through a period of just posting stuff, regardless of if it's good or not, just to kind of feel it? Or should we be more they, concerned with, eh, I don't know if this is the right thing to post, so then don't post it. Kind of like, right. you know, perfection over just getting content out.
1: Yeah. That uh, depends on you and your situation. Like, what do you want to do? You know, right. if you... Some place, some people will like it just it just takes off some Sometimes it's really relatable and people enjoy it or it's like really entertaining to them depending on the personality right because you know personality matters um, and so uh, So it just depends you never know and because there's some channels that do really well that it, They're literally just talking to a camera like with their voice like this and it's not very engaging But for some reason it performs really well right and so it's just a matter of what it is that you want to do and how you want it. Right. What your presence is going to be on it.
0: It's fascinating um, when I think about the accounts that whether they're on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, that I follow, that I, I am engaged with, a lot of the times it's the personality of that person mm-hmm. that I have a connection yeah. with, regardless of how well like production stuff looks. Or I'm just I'm the person (laughs) that's there is the content all the time yeah and I can't necessarily pinpoint put a finger on why I'm watching it but I'm just I'm vested in their their story so maybe there's a sneaky way that where they've crafted this story (laughs) and it may not resonate with some other people but I resonate with Emma and her stories whether or not whatever she's doing, whatever's going on. But there's certain accounts to where like my wife or maybe a friend of mine, they'll be like, yeah, I I don't get this. And I'm like, that's okay. Cause I do. And it's just, well, it's not yeah,
1: Yeah. There's going to be times that happens and that's fine. Uh, Also uh, the other thing is more on the technical side too. Like uh, phones are, are perfectly good cameras don't you know use the phone but the one thing i would suggest is make sure that your audio is good okay that's my biggest most people's pet peeves on youtube is audio
0: so they're act- so act-
1: making sure that that you that people can hear you uh that you're not mumbling and that your music if you have include music that it's not like you know at a higher level than your voice
0: that's competing with what is either being said yeah. or what's going on
1: that's distracting yeah
0: Great, a, a lot of great tips. Uh, I really appreciate you spending the time this morning
1: yeah, sitting down sure. with me Thanks on the for podcast. Inviting me. Yeah,
0: this is re- this is the first time you and I have had a kind of a discussion one on one, which is Jeez. why I, I'm doing the podcast. Is that it's I'm bored with all the other stuff. Yeah, the Instagram stuff yeah. and posting. The pictures yeah. and the reels, I've I've done it all for eight nine years already. I, I I can't keep showing the same lettuce that I'm growing and how to do this or that. I just I I get bored with yeah. things after a while. And embracing being an introvert, a lot of the yeah. shallow. I I'll, I'll say shallow stuff. I don't want to offend people. I'm not picking a fight, yeah. but I just I'm not geared towards a lot of just shallow type things and touching no. base with somebody one-on-one as intimidating as it is. It, <laughs> this interests me, but I will tell everybody out there. And I have, since I started the podcast, I'm a nervous wreck leading up to every single podcast, every single yeah. live. Now yeah. I am not good at this. I am I've joked with a couple other people that I've had on the podcast Uh, one, Zach Zach and I were both introverts with social anxiety issues to where we both admitted that we were hoping to cancel on each other and to keep canceling even though we wanted to do it and once we got done we had a great time and it was fun but there's, there's just certain things that it's still hard for me to do but I am Addressing those things with Instagram, with YouTube, with starting this podcast, I'm working on some other issues and I'm making small steps, but I, in the end, I find this so much more enjoyable. This is fun and being able to get to know you a little bit more. And again, you and I just have just touched just a a little bit here and there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, On Instagram, I think we had, been following each other for quite a while like through my i think it was my personal account and then the garden warrior and so it was like because i remember when we first touched it's been a couple years now maybe i think it's
0: it's been it's been a a few years i i remember it's been a while yeah and i don't know if it was like a missouri thing at first that kind of
1: yeah well that's what intrigued me is that you were in missouri and we're in the same growing zone And so, obviously, I want to follow people that are in a similar kind of climate to me because the stuff that you're doing is the stuff that I'm going to be doing at the same time. And so, like, our timing is the same, right? Because we are in the same zone and we are in the same state. And chances are we're getting the same weather at the same Mm -hmm. time, right? I might get it a couple hours before you do, but you're getting that. Like, if we get snow, you're going to get it. Yeah. so that's one of the reasons that I was even bet that you kind of stuck out to me because I was like, hey, he's doing this stuff, too, in my area. I want to follow those people because what you're doing is it, I can relate to. And Cindy, uh, who's one of my Facebook friends, uh, I think she went through the master garden class with you. OK, uh, she's also from the St. Louis area. Okay. And so anyway, like. Yeah, like just following these people, like building a community like here online that's going to understand what you're doing and actually help you when they're posting things. Like when you're posting things about your compost or whatever, I'm still freaking jealous about you being able to get chip drops you don't even understand.
0: <laughs> what
1: because I don't get, I can't get them. I, I'm not, I'm too rural. Emma, we I can't, can't have drops. it all.
0: You've got just about everything going your way. Give me chip drop at least, you know. <laughs> I I'm so jealous. I, rem- I
1: just want one load. I
0: remember <laughs> one of the first. I think you were on a live, and I don't know if it was Instagram or YouTube, and I just stumbled upon it, and you were there. I don't know, were you working on, do you guys like make your own knives or something, or were you making?
1: My husband does, yeah, and he's a knife maker, yeah. And
0: I remember, I'm like, this is before I think you and I really were chatting at all, and again, we're, it's not like Daddy. we're in each other's DMs every day or something, this is No, no. <laughs> here and there, but I just stumbled yeah. on a live to where you're there whittling, something, and I'm like, what the hell is she doing? Yeah. And you would think that it's not engaging yeah. or like, cause you're, you weren't really talking to the camera. You were just, yeah. at least the time that I was watching you, you were, not yeah. and you're just there doing something. That, yeah. And so I just found myself kind of watching. And I think I made a comment like, yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> and I, I think the, que- I yeah. think I asked the was yeah. like, well, do you sell the knives? Does he sell the knives? Where do we see them? Yeah. I'll, yeah. No, we don't do any of that. Like we just, do things for ourselves
1: like just like our food we grow food for just to feed my family or I grow the food to feed my family I raise meat chickens to feed my family everything that we do is kind of self-contained it's just for us Um, I would like at least my husband to get to the point where he can start selling knives because he's a really good knife maker um, but that's what he's working towards and that's fine like you know he's going at his pace but um. But yeah, in terms of all of that, like yeah no, our goal isn't to like sell the stuff that we're doing or making here.
0: Yeah. At least not today, but who knows down the road.
1: Well no, you never know. No, yeah. You might get a, a t shirt that says Olaf. There you go. <laughs> that how awesome
0: would that be? Yeah, when you were or, when you were t-
1: I do have a t shirt actually. That is has that part it of it. your
0: is like part of the uh, merch? Do you do you do merch? Yeah, stuff?
1: it is on my merch. Oh God, yeah, I'll have to take a look yeah. at that. Yeah, it's uh, hola amigos with the little hand. And then, because uh, every time I hop on a live chat, that's what I say. And I say hola amigos and I have the little wavy hand.
0: That's my... That's brilliant because that's what... That's my signature. That's the signature. That is your, your brand of everything that you do that you carry over, no matter what kind of content or whatever. Uh, one, one, one thing here at the end, is just kind of funny. When you were mentioning the pottery stuff that, you know, the, was it classes yeah. or... Why well, studied? You yeah, studied. I studied okay. Have you seen some of these lives on TikTok? Where
1: no,
0: oh, well, the lives are just crazy in general. I
1: I don't do I don't really check into the lives on TikTok because well, it's a little, it's kind of scary. It's, it's
0: definitely scary, and the and the things people are doing on lives, and not it, yeah. it, much less the people that are watching <laughs> them do it. But here's the big thing now. Yeah. It's just funny that you were mentioning the. The pottery stuff is the big thing on TikTok. And don't ask me why I was watching it. I I just I was studying. Hey, hey. It was yeah. just interesting. <laughs> it was, trust me. I, I know this is this is not gonna look good for me, but it's these girls that are doing the know. pottery stuff. Yeah. With the camera at a certain angle and they're wearing just certain uh-huh. things, but they're working on you can you can imagine. And mm-hmm. I, I saw one live. I, I swear as I'm just scrolling through cause it's just weird stuff. Not I mean weird stuff, different stuff. Yeah, but they're they're all in mm-hmm. the amount of no. people watching, there was a couple thousand people watching. Oh yeah. Making and badges or tips or whatever yeah. it's called on TikTok flying everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, can a guy do I'd say like, I need yes. to learn how to to do something totally yeah, no. and it's equal opportunity <laughs>
1: but it's just the
0: when you said That's, that i was the just platforms
1: like platforms are equal opportunity yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh well
1: which i find hilarious because if you if you have your garden voyeur account on tiktok yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean think about it <laughs> <laughs> they,
0: yeah so so. Anyways, when you when you mentioned that, that's I just had to I had to bring that up. But uh, Emma, I appreciate you uh, coming on for uh, yeah, your morning thanks here. Thanks so much. It was fun. And uh, we are at the end of the podcast, so all this. All right. I hope you guys had a lot of fun with that episode as much as I did. I'll tell you what. I don't ask for a lot. I mean, I do, but I don't. You guys have come through for me and giving me reviews. I love it. Thank you guys very much for leaving reviews on whatever podcast platform that you guys listen to the Tossing Salad podcast on. It really helps the podcast get out there and get heard. If I can just ask one more thing, it's not gonna cost you anything. It's gonna cost you zero. Maybe other than like 35 seconds of your time, we've set up a YouTube channel so that we can get the full clips of the podcast on so you guys can see them and watch. Not only get to listen to the podcast, but you guys get to actually see all the things that you may miss during the podcast. It's great. If you guys can go to YouTube, Tossing Salad Podcast, subscribe, again, costs you nothing. Helps the podcast channel, helps me out. I would greatly appreciate it. Again, we're working on some fun episodes coming up. Stay tuned. We'll see you next time.